1: the entire book of Proverbs and in most of the epistles, he gives very specific, clear direction about how we should have uncomfortable conversations with one another, how we handle the the friction that is natural in the body of Christ. There's going to be, you know, places where we're, we're rubbing up against each other in ways that are uncomfortable. He talks about us being the stones of the temple fitted together.
0: Have you ever had a hard conversation with someone you disagree with? I think we all have had people who rub us the wrong way, but the question is, how do you handle it? Today, Pastor David is going to remind you that God gives clear instructions on how to handle conflict. All you have to do is read his word. Stick around after today's message from Pastor David. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, as he continues his message, Embracing Identity.
2: His love is the Matthew, chapter 22, verse 35.
1: Jesus says, one of, it tells us one of the Pharisees, a lawyer, an expert in the law, asked him a question to test Jesus and said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In Matthew chapter six, verse 19 says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many wonders in your name, but I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He says the fruit of their lives was not in line with the gifts, with the works. But in Galatians 5.22, he says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Point number one, true spirituality, according to Jesus, is love for God and one another. We love the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are gifts, right? God has given these things. They're good things that we would prophesy and speak in tongues and see signs and wonders and see God move and confirm himself and show himself in all these different ways. They're gifts. These are good things. But Jesus says the higher priority is that we would know his love and love him and one another. And later on in 1 Corinthians 13, he famously, you know, the love chapter talks about what love is and how much, and he's connecting that to the gifts. He's saying it's so much higher than, he's like, you can prophesy and speak in tongues and not actually know Jesus. He prioritizes that so much higher. And he tells us, in 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. So we talked a lot about this last week, but he, our, our love for one another and even our love for God, he tells us it's meant to be supplied by our understanding of his love for us. Not that we would try to like whip ourselves up into emotion, but that we set our minds on what's true, that he loves us. And he says that will if, if we we'll plant ourselves in that, it drives us to real love. And from there, we can step out in the obedience and, and live the way that he's called us to live. That's what actually supplies us with the, the strength and the heart to, to live the way Jesus has called us. And I want to point out that there's kind of a, there's an unfortunate irony with this chapter that the, a lot of times these verses, especially this idea of the natural man and the spiritual man can get twisted, have been twisted sometimes as a way of like people arguing within Christianity, within people who, who call on Jesus, but they'll use, they'll we divide into different camps, different denominations, and different denominations will use the same text to call, to get upset with one another. And there's nothing wrong with having, doctrinal opinions it's good to read the bible and come to conclusions but if we're taking the scripture and attacking one another with it and calling one another names or you know discounting one another disregarding one another it misses the whole point of what he's saying here he's like you're dividing behind paul or apollos we do it in congregations right if we, call, we say i go to a calvary chapel or i go to a presbyterian church or a catholic church or a you know, Pentecostal church, the different, we divide up into the backgrounds, the traditions that are secondary interpretations of scripture and start throwing stones at one another about those things. And he says, like, if we're talking about whether or not Jesus is the son of God, that's an issue that we should, that we hold to and there's not, not room for margin there. But if we're talking about things like how the gifts of the spirit work, or things like predestination and free will and God's sovereignty and nuances of exactly how we worship. He says, we have no room to be attacking one another. And when we do, it actually gets in the way of our effectiveness is what he's saying here. When we allow that divisiveness, it works against what God is trying to do in us and through us. Now, at the same time, we have to understand that divisiveness and conflict aren't the same because he's rebuking them for their divisiveness, right? He's he's chewing them out. Paul was chewing out these other leaders for their divisiveness. So there's a difference between the, the prideful, puffed up division where I'm worried about proving myself really versus the humble loving correction, seeking the good of our brothers and sisters. I think we see one hint in here. A lot of times is the the hiddenness is a good indicator. If you're not willing to talk to somebody face-to-face, it's a good indicator that something's out of line. If you look at the language he uses over and over, he talks about gossiping and backbiting. Social media would count if you're posting it about other people, right? That secondhand kind of dig, indirectas. It, it counts, <laughs> it's gossip, it's backbiting. But what he calls us to is, in humility, have the conversations with one another. And this is, again, where it matters so much that we get into the word. Because Jesus gives us a whole, the entire book of Proverbs and in most of the epistles, he gives very specific, clear direction about how we should have uncomfortable conversations with one another, how we handle the, the friction that is natural in the body of Christ. There's gonna be you know, places where we're, we're rubbing up against each other in ways that are uncomfortable. He talks about us being the stones of the temple fitted together. So it's like, this doesn't quite fit. So you have to chisel that piece off a little bit. Right? You, have to, you have to make it fit. And that's part of the point. We're doing that together. And so the nuances of how that's gonna work out in your life require you to get in the word and let Jesus disciple you. Because it, there, there's a lot of, of layers and specifics to how that's going to work. right? It's, it, your whole life, there's a million different situations we get into. But the bottom line from this first part that I want us to just take hold of is he's saying, we need to let his spirit in us do its job. Have, let, let, him, let him do his work in us. And we need to embrace the fact that he says he's given us the power and the instruction to grow in this and to let his love lead us to humility. Let him bear that fruit in us. He builds on it more. He says in verse five, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, servants who God used as the Lord gave to each one. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, But God is the one who gave the increase. So then neither the one who plants is anything special, nor the one who waters. God is the one who gives the increase. His love is the main thing.
2: His love is the main thing.
0: Thanks for joining us today for Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will have more to share from this study in 1 Corinthians when you tune in again. For now, though, you can explore more of Pastor Robert's teachings online at mainthingradio.com. Do you live in Miami? If so, you're invited to join us at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach on Sundays for our weekly services. We meet at 9 and 11 a.m. and at 1 p.m. for worship and Bible study. If you're not able to join us in person, we would still love to have you be part of our church family. Join us online for each service. We'll be live streaming on our church website. You'll find out more and be able to connect at mainthingradio.com. Just click on About to find a link to our church homepage. We offer Spanish translation at some of our services as well. Visit our website to learn more. We'll also be streaming on Facebook Live. Just search for Calvary Miami Beach and be sure to like our page for the latest updates. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. When you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. That number again is 305-531-2730. That's all for today. Tune in next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.